Exceeding Expectations, Episode 10. My guest this week is Joe Calloway, author of some fabulous books on customer service. We talk about a book he wrote called Becoming a Category of One, how extraordinary companies transcend transcend commodity and defy comparison. And since this episode, I've also read another one of his books, Be the Best at What Matters Most, the only strategy you will ever need. He gives some great information from his experiences, so I hope you enjoy the show. Well, here we are for another edition of Exceeding Expectations, and I'm truly honoured today to have a man by the name of Joe Calloway. How are you doing, Joe? Tony, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. As I said to you before, we were speaking off air just before we started recording, and I'm currently listening to an audio book of Joe's uh, Becoming a Category of One, and it is an absolutely fantastic book. And you, you mentioned this, you, you wrote this quite a few years ago. Yeah, I did. Actually, it was my first published book. And to this day, Tony, it's it's sold more copies than anything else I've ever written. It's funny, I, I was talking by email to a couple of friends this morning, and I mentioned that. I said, yeah, that first book was the bestseller so far. I said, maybe I should have just written that one and declared victory and, and <laughs> called it a day and just wrapped it up. But I've written seven more since then. But becoming a category one um, is without question the one that more people have read. And it's really gratifying that even though I wrote it originally back in 2004 and we updated it in 2010 or 11, uh, I still get a lot of feedback on that book. And so it's, it's, it's a real favorite of mine. And part of that is because, uh, you know, other people seem to like it. So that that feels pretty good. Hmm. And, and what was it that inspired you to write it in the first place? Well, I had been doing speaking, speaking at conventions and business meetings for a long time, for about 20 years before I wrote Becoming a Category One. And when you're when you're in the business of doing a lot of speaking, one of the things that you quite naturally think of is the possibility of, gosh, maybe I should write a book about this stuff. And so hmm. really that that first book, Becoming a Category One, it was almost like a compilation of the best ideas that I had developed up to that time. Uh, and they were the same ideas that I used in my speeches and in the workshops with the with the companies um, that I worked with at, at their events and uh, and at their conventions and meetings, so it was <laughs> it was almost kind of a greatest hits book. It's like, okay, everybody, here's the best ideas I've got, and and then the challenge is, well, okay, what do you do for the next book and <laughs> and the next and the mm-hmm. next? So the whole process serves to constantly keep me learning and moving forward and and always looking for to develop new ideas and new material. You mentioned that you'd already been speaking and delivering workshops and so on before you started that book. So how many years had you been doing that before starting that book? I'd been doing it about 20 years. Wow. Okay. So you'd build up a lot of stories in that time. Yeah. You get a lot of stories in 20 years. (laughs) 
Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And what was it that got you into that whole arena in the first place? You know, it's funny. It, I, it, I guess it really came from um, early. I mean, very early at the at the very beginning of my career. I worked for about three years in the real estate business, real estate sales, uh, mm. uh, residential selling homes, and I became the the sales manager and then general manager of a very very small real estate firm, about twelve agents, and we had mm. a meeting uh, every morning. Monday through Friday for Mm. 45 minutes. And it was my meeting and my job was to give them ideas that could help them be more successful because the way I got paid was based on the production of the entire business. And so Mm. my whole focus was what can, what can I give to you guys that will help you be more successful? Because ultimately that will make me more successful. And mm. I kind of got, as the saying goes, I got bit by that bug. I really enjoyed that process of finding ideas that were useful to other people and presenting those ideas uh, in, in, a, in a way that, uh, that they could take it and run with it and really make use of it. And then, so then I went on my own and just started really cold calling, trying to find people I could do this with uh, in different companies. Very, uh, it's a tough business to break into. I didn't, I didn't make much money at all for the first couple of three Mm. years. Uh, And so I was, I was hanging on, but I was sticking with it. And then little by little, I'd get a job and, and uh, I'd do a good job for the client and they would talk about it and other people would hire me. And so uh, it's a business that has really been built by positive word of mouth and still is to this mm. day after doing it for mm. over 30 years. And, and so what, where did you go next after the real estate? Did you always stay within that or did you move no. to other industries? I went from real estate straight into being on my own, saying to, saying to businesses, let me do a presentation for your group on and I had three or four topics. And at the time they were, oh gosh, I did one on goal setting, on time management. I did one on uh, assertive, constructive communication uh, w- with people. And so it was mm-hmm. just kind of this variety of, of topics that I did. But what I dis- discovered early on was and, and I've since, I ended up writing a, a book um, not too long ago called Magnetic, The Art of Attracting Business. And the, mm. the basic idea in that book, Tony, is that your existing customers are, I don't care what kind of business you're in, your existing mm. customers are your greatest possible potential source of new customers, depending mm. on what they say about you. Because now with the internet, if somebody loves you, they don't just tell three or four people, they might tell hundreds of people by posting Mm. on the internet about you. And the same is true if they don't like you, they could tell hundreds of people or even thousands of people. And so I'm a great, great believer in, hello, exceeding expectations, because Mm. that's what drives business success. I mean, it's, it's one of my absolute core beliefs because that's what the marketplace tells me is true 
And and so when you started speaking about all of this, it was obviously before the internet really got as big as it yes, is now. Way before. And and so, and so how has that changed? How has the internet affected well what you speak about and and the whole general concept of of exceeding expectations and over delivering and so on. Yeah, you know, it's interesting as far as and, and let me let me stick for just a second with the the word of mouth aspect. I remember uh, early on uh, when I was trying to get jobs, people would say, "Well, who have you worked for? Uh, you know, what did what did they say? Let me see some testimonials." And I remember mm. I had printed, and obviously it was hard copy then. There there was no internet. But I printed mm. up 100 letters of recommendation that I had gotten over a period of about five years. And I would, I would shrink them down so that there were four to a page. But if somebody said, why should I hire you? I would hand them this 25-page set with four letters per page and say, why don't you take a look at these and then let's talk. And mm. it, it, it did more than anything to get me work. The, th- the thing mm. is, if you tell people that you're really good at what you do, that won't go very far. But if mm. other people who have bought your service, bought your product, been your customer, if they are telling people how good you are, then that, I mean, that's the most powerful factor in buying decisions. Now, the internet has affected, as it has with so many people, it's affected everything about my business. Um, Hmm. I think one of the most obvious ones is speed of communication. Uh, One thing I do is I I pride myself. It's it's become part of my brand. If I get an email from a a client or a prospective client, I get back Hmm. to them immediately. And when I say immediately, I mean, when I first open the email, I read it, and then I start typing back to them a response. Mm. And, um, you know, I might I might email back and say, you know, it's interesting that you're talking to me because just last month, I worked with a group very similar to yours. And as a matter of fact, here's what the CEO of that company had to say, and I'm including his email address in case you might want to get in touch with him or her and see what they think. So, <clears throat> yeah, the, inter- the Internet's had a huge impact. And um, as we were talking before we started the show, I do a tremendous amount of research. So I'm on the mm. Internet off and on all day long, researching the marketplace and looking for good ideas. I know that you've worked with many different companies. And just just from the, the book I'm reading, uh, yeah, it mentions about some huge companies you've yeah. worked with. And so when you go into a company and you're delivering a workshop for them, for example, what typically is it the company wants you to help them with? Well, you know, normally my the leads that I respond to come to me because it's rare that they haven't been to my website. So they know what I'm about. They know that, for, you, you, for example, Tony, if somebody said, I need a sales trainer, or I need someone who specializes in sales. If they go to my website, they're going to see that's not what I do. Uh, mm. My specialty right now, and it evolves, you know, over the years, but right now, everything that I do is around leadership. And so if you're mm. looking for something other than, than leadership related topics, I'm, I'm not your guy. But a lot of times, 
And I would say at least a third of the, a third of the time, and sometimes, Tony, it's up to, to half of the, the leads that I get come to me because somebody read one of my books. Uh, you know, hmm. I'll say, how did you happen to call me? And, and she'll say, well, our CEO read your book. He thinks it's exactly what we need. And so he told me to give you a call. It seems to me your approach to leadership is quite different to, to the norm from how many other people kind of approach it. One thing that I try to do with my business is not talk to people about stuff that they that they already know inside and out. Mm. Uh, I'll tell you what's interesting, though, having said that. For example, let's talk about, about culture, the culture within a company, uh, mm. basically meaning what's important, what are your values, how do you behave with each other and with customers and with the marketplace in general. It's interesting that the companies that are most eager to learn about building a great culture, more often than not, it's the companies that are already very, very good at it. And they've got a great culture, but they're smart enough to know that they want to get better. And you know, that's, that's really true across the board. It's it's the people and the companies that are really good at something that are always the ones that, that want to get better and they don't mm-hmm. want to be complacent about it. So it's, uh, and, and I'm lucky in that I do, I tend to work with people that are very good at what they do. So the mm-hmm. bonus from that is I get to learn from them is I find mm. out about their company and their best practices and, and what they do. But have you had situations where you've been called into a company where things are just terrible and they, there's a lot that needs to be changed? Yeah, I have. And uh, <laughs> a lot of times that's not fun. I I was mm. called in to do a, a speech one time for a retail company that was having a very hard time and – they were making a lot of drastic cuts within the business and everybody there, there were, I don't know, seven, 800 people in the audience and they were mad. They were upset. They were mad at the company. They were mad at everything. The CEO spoke right before me and Hmm. during his speech, they were booing and Hmm. I'm sitting in the front row getting ready to go on. And I'm thinking, boy, this is, this is not good. This is not mm. a place that I really want to be. Um, but they showed me a little mercy and I, I did okay. I got out of it alive. You know, here's the thing. Um, there are no magic formulas. There are no, uh, th- there used to be a, an old phrase based on a, a TV Western called the Lone Ranger. He had silver bullets. And there's a phrase mm. in business talking about silver bur- bullets that can use to be successful. Well, there's not any, there's not any secrets of success. And if, if a company or a business is really in serious trouble, it's going to take a whole lot more than somebody coming in, giving a speech or even a consultant coming in, uh, Hmm. doing their best work, uh, to turn a company uh, around. Um, that's something that takes some, some fundamental work and very often it might take a a change in leadership 
One of the things I, I um, remember reading in uh, Becoming a Category of One, you, where you were talking about exceeding expectations and no. you were talking about how now, you know, especially in, in the last sort of 10 years or so, expectations typically are just so high from people. Yes. Yeah, and you know, that's an interesting challenge because, it, and, and oh, by the way, people that are tend to be very successful in business will say that their competition is very good at what they do. Mm. People that are struggling are the ones that say, well, I don't have any competition. I'm so much better than my competition. If I, I know that, if I could just convince the market of that because I'm so much better and that's that's a signal to me that come on, uh, you need to get mm. real because uh, if you if your competition was no good, you would own the marketplace and you'd have all the money. But uh, companies that are already very good at what they do, they look at their competitors who are already very good at what they do. So how do you exceed expectations when the mm. expectations are already high? And everybody's already doing exceptional work. And I'll tell you hmm. what the the key is for, I started to say for a lot of companies, let me, let me go ahead and say for most companies, is to go back and look hmm. at the basics and say, okay, look at, let's look at those things that we take kind of take for granted that we're, we say, oh, well, we don't have to worry about that. We're already doing really well. What I do is challenge hmm. them to go back to those things that they are already doing well and say, how could you be 20% better? And let me give everybody listening what may be the, the, one of the best kept secrets about succeeding in today's marketplace that there is. Oh, although I said earlier, there are no secrets of success. This one's really not a secret either. It's just that people don't tend to pay attention to it. Here's the question I would ask you. How easy are you to do business with? Because I don't care mm. what business you're in, if you if if the market perceives you as being the easiest to do business with, the easiest place to buy a car, the easiest service company to have an electrician come and fix your lights in your home, the easiest clinic to uh to see a doctor, the easiest anything. If you're the easiest to to do business with, that is a huge advantage in today's mm. marketplace. And I, th I think about that with my business a lot. It's just one of the constants. And so mm. one of the ways to exceed expectations is be easier to do business with. Make your product or service easy to understand, easy to use, easy to buy. Make your website as easy. I mean, to where people don't even have to think. If if it mm. takes four clicks for somebody to do business with you, get it down to three. Then get it down mm. to two. Um, it, it's a really, really big deal, and it can really help you exceed expectations. And and so when you're putting that kind of thing across to, to, to the companies you're working with, um, are they often expecting that they're going to have to spend lots of money to – to over deliver to their customers when in reality it's just the simple things that they need to do yeah that's the thing most of the things that can make us more competitive uh now some of them do but quite honestly most of them do not take any 
It, it doesn't take an expenditure of money as much as it takes a shift in focus. A lot of mm. times, and Tony, I'm as guilty as anybody, guiltier than, than most people. What do we, mm. if you look at your day, and what you pay the most attention to, and what you spend most of your time and effort on, you need to think Mm -hmm. very, very carefully at whether you are spending that time and energy on high return activities, or Mm -hmm. whether you're spending it on distractions. One Mm -hmm. One of the things that I have to work on with myself is I love new ideas. I mean, nobody loves mm. the next idea better than me. But what that can cause is for me to take my attention from the execution of my business and go chasing after a new idea uh, that could end up just being a distraction and a waste of time. Now, having said that, of course, we all want to be open to new ideas because we've mm. got to be on the lookout for what the next thing is going to be that will keep us successful. But there's a balance mm. there. <clears throat> and mm. I think one of our one of the most common weaknesses, whether it's a one person business or a 50,000 employee business, is is we're not focused on the most important things. And when we do that, mm. then we cease to exceed expectations. Again, going back to that book, there were so many stories. And, and when we were talking before we started recording, you, 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 know, you spoke about how you've been speaking for so long. I think, is it, what, 30 years now? Yeah, 30 years now. Is it, and so you've got, well, I, God knows how many stories you must have by now. So do you have any particular, any stories you particularly like about over-delivering and how customers have, have given them amazing experiences to, to their customers and so on? Yeah, it's interesting. There's there's a, a guy in Washington, D.C., uh, and, and this is an interesting example because it's a one-person business, but I've used this example with Fortune 500 companies, and, mm. and they all get it. Everybody gets the point. This guy did, did a walking tour of downtown, not downtown, but the White House and Capitol area of Washington, D.C., and Hmm. He, he was listed on TripAdvisor, which is a lot of the, your listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with it. Extremely hmm. popular travel website uh, where people can hmm. post reviews. And this guy ended up being listed as the number one act, number one most popular activity of everything in Washington D.C. And at hmm. the end of the tour, he says to everybody, "I hope you enjoyed the tour." And if it was, uh, if it was fun for you, if you learned something, then, uh, I would appreciate any monetary gesture that you would like to give me. So mm-hmm. he just let people pay him whatever he wanted. Well, he made a fortune because he was so good at what he did. And all mm-hmm. of his business came from people posting reviews on tripadvisor.com. Mm-hmm. I mean, every review was a five-star review. I called him and said, I'd like to write about you in one of my books. And he said, thank you so much. I'm honored. I'm flattered. But please don't. I can barely handle the amount of business I've got. And (laughs) it it was because he so exceeded every customer's expectations that Hmm. they gave him more money than he would have asked for. And they all... Hmm. 
told everybody else in the world, you got to hire this guy for your tour. He's the best. Mm -hmm. So it's funny, an odd little story about an odd little business, but there's a lot of good lessons in that. That touches upon something else that you you uh, commented on earlier. That you're always doing research on, you know, reading lots of different magazines and so on. And so, are you when you're reading all these different magazines and and articles on the net and so on? Is it purposely looking for those types of stories, or or you just enjoy reading generally? Well, I enjoy reading generally, but I, I spend a tremendous amount of time on the internet going to business websites, business news websites and even company websites. And I, I look for trends. I look for things uh, that that successful companies and successful people uh, are all starting to do. Uh, one of those things, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier, but one of the, the biggest trends right now is to become more accessible, which is another way of saying being easier to do business with. I tell you what, if mm. if everybody listening, and, and I, I would give myself the same advice, if I would go back and say, how much more business could I get if if my business number one were more visible, and, and my favorite way to do that is through social media, not my me by me talking about me, but having other people talk about me and being more accessible. Mm. One of the things that successful companies, entrepreneurs, individuals in business are doing is they're making more of an effort. You know, if somebody says, hey, Tony, that was a great job. I mean, I re- I'm really happy and I really appreciate it. Then ask them, say, hey, would you go on and then pick whatever, you know, social media site or review site uh, you think that your customers uh, would tend to be fans of or would would go to mm. and frequent and say, would you write a review about me on there? Mm. Um, and then if they do, of course, keep up with it and track it and see if they do. If they do, you go back and thank them. But yeah, I'm I'm looking, what I'm looking for is stories, but stories based in market reality. What is working in the marketplace for businesses today. The stories that you include in your book are the stories that are best received when you actually de- deliver talks and workshops and so on. Is that how you decide what goes in a book? Yeah, a lot of times I'll, I'll take a, a story that I've told in, in speeches and presentations. And yeah, very often mm-hmm. that'll make its way into a book. But with a book, you got to remember with a speech, you're only in front of people for 45 minutes or an hour. And with a book, mm. you've got, you know, a couple of hundred pages that you can can mm. really go a lot deeper with actually not just more examples, but you can go deeper with the theory behind each idea and and why you think it makes absolute sense. And then you can, you can certainly go deeper w- with each example. The, you know, I mentioned um, culture earlier. There's a, a company that's a client of mine. Oh my gosh, they are so good at having a great, great corporate culture. And Fortune Magazine, which is most people would say is the number one uh, business magazine internationally in the world, Fortune Magazine mm-hmm. named them, now this is just in the United States, but Fortune named mm-hmm. them the number one 
place to work, they've got three categories, small, medium, and large businesses. Fortune said they are the number one place to work in small business in the United States. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I devoted, <coughs> excuse me, I've got a brand new book coming out in January. I devoted an entire chapter just to that one company, talking about the mm-hmm. things that they do uh, that work so incredibly well for them. So here's, mm-hmm. the, you know, something that I've learned because of the nature of my work, but it's true for all of us. People say, mm-hmm. well, where where do you find good ideas? My gosh, they are right in front of you. If our mm. eyes are just open, the next time you do business anywhere, put on your 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 glasses looking for ideas and think, what did this company do that I either liked or didn't like? And what's the lesson for me in my business? Mm. Uh, your next great idea is out there all over the place. If you just keep your eyes open. You talked before about becoming a category of one and how it's been so well received yeah. you know, over the years since it was first released. In the, the people that have given you feedback on that book, have you had any stories along the lines of how it's really helped someone see things in a different way, whether that be an individual or, or a company or, or so on? Yeah, you know, I have... Um... One that, j- that just popped into mind was a chapter that I wrote that uh, I think we <laughs> when we when we updated the book, I think we left this chapter title the same. I think it's called What's Your Story? And the, the mm-hmm. idea there is basically, what are you about? You know, what is it beyond just transactions? What's the purpose of wh- why do we go to work here every day? What are we trying to accomplish? And what I wrote mm. about at the time was a company called Lens Crafters, and they mm. had devoted the, the 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 company to one idea, which was help the world see better. And mm. so I r- wrote about Lens Crafters in the book, and I had actually a number of people over the next few years contact me and say, you know, that started a discussion with our, our within our company of well what's what's our story? What's the mm-hmm. what's the point of us doing this every day? Besides making money, besides making a living, which is fine. That's a that's mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. That's a noble mm-hmm. cause uh to support yourself and your family. But mm-hmm. is there anything in what you do that makes you say, you know, this just feels good that we're doing mm. this work and here's why. And if you can tap into that, it, it's a great source of motivation. I mean, to have that mm. kind of purpose. So yeah, certainly uh, I got feedback on that. I got, Well, I got feedback on all the chapters. I got stories about change early on in the book. I talk about when, when you're doing change in a company and whether it's truly meaningful change or if you're just kind of rearranging the furniture, that kind mm. of change. So, yeah, but, but you know, it, it's interesting how different ideas and different stories, what might be really fascinating to you, the next person might read mm. it and go, yeah, okay, whatever, <laughs> and go on to yeah. the next page. Yeah. So you never know what's going to yeah. click with people. 
And, and that lens craft story was was so good. And for the people who haven't aren't familiar with the book, can you just quick, like, recount that story for people who are listening? Oh gosh, I haven't looked at that story for a while. You may need to, to jump in <laughs> and and help me. The, the one thing that I remember, and I don't know, Tony, I don't know if this actually made it into the book or not. And if it didn't, I want okay. you to tell me the story you're thinking about so I can talk about it. But I was talking with a, an assistant manager of a lens crafter stores. Now, these are hmm. retail stores, usually in shopping malls, and they sell eyeglasses. So hmm. it's retail. And I was talking with hmm. this assistant manager uh, and I said, well, how did you happen to end up with lens crafters? He said, well, you know what? It, it's kind of a surprise to me. I never would have thought that I would have ended up in healthcare, but I'm so mm. glad that I did. And I thought, okay, this is so cool. The guy's in a mm. retail store in a mall, but he sees what he does is helping people see better, which to him is healthcare. And so that mm. was a cool story. Was there anything in particular that you got from the well, book? Because I'd love to comment on it if if you did. I mean, from that, from the Lens Crafters chapter. And well, there was there was two other stories that you mentioned, and it was the one where the guy um, he crushed his glasses at an airport, and then they uh, lens he contacted Lens yes. Crafters because you asked him if there was something they could do. Yeah, and and, and there was also the one about the small child as well. So both of those stories. Oh were my gosh, superb. the one about the small child will make me start crying. I probably better not yeah. tell that one. Well, I'll tell you real quick. Let me tell both of those real quick. <laughs> yeah, the guy's getting on a plane. He drops his glasses. One of the lenses shatters. And he, I, th- I may not be getting the story right. It's a long time, but this this will get mm. make the same point. He gets in touch with the local mm. lens crafters, and they say, "Where are you going?" And he says, "Whatever, Chicago." And they say, "We've got you covered." And uh, mm. they they call the lens crafter in Chicago, closest to the airport, and somebody meets him uh, in the airport. With I don't know if it was uh, and if they actually ground out his exact prescription or if they gave him a temporary that was close enough, but I know that somebody mm. came to the airport to, to help him with his glasses. The one about the little baby was it was a, a child that had uh, what they knew was a, a fatal disease and was not going to live uh, or, or, or a fatal health problem of some sort and wasn't going to live terribly long. But uh, mm. one of the problems was the child couldn't, they knew the child couldn't see uh, just by doing mm. tests. And a lens crafters, they came up with a special prescription and made a tiny little set of glasses. And this is very documented, folks. This is not made up. This was in lots and lots of, of media outlets. And they put the glasses on the baby and the baby actually saw his mom and dad clearly uh, for the first time, and of course, smiled and all that. And again, I can't dwell on mm. it. I'll just start crying <laughs> over the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. But the point is, it's it's a company that that had a heart, and uh, and really mm. had a, a clear purpose for what they were doing, and it made a big difference. And the book has got so many stories of companies going out of their way to over deliver and just give fantastic experiences to their customers. And that's why I've just been enjoying the book so much. So it's, um, yeah, it's uh, anyone listening who isn't familiar with the book, you really need to go and buy the book. It's, it's absolutely superb. Joe, we haven't got a lot of time left. So before we do finish, you, you've mentioned that you've got a new book coming out in, is it in January, you said? Yeah, January 1st. 
So do you want to tell us a little bit about that book? Yeah, it's called The Leadership Mindset, How Today's Successful Business Leaders Think. And it is it, it looks at a lot of different aspects of what makes for a successful leader today real quickly. One is to be able to simplify the complicated One is I talk a lot about an idea that I've talked about and written about for a long time, but I get really specific about it in this book, which is to get to, to, to have absolute clarity on what it is that, I mean, just the two or three things that we need to be sure that we get right every day. There are chapters on things. Well, there's a chapter on culture. I mentioned one chapter is about Hughes Marino, that co- company that was named uh, Best Place to Work. There's a chapter mm. that says leaders have great meetings and they don't give speeches. And what I mean by mm. that is they don't give some canned, memorized, or read it off a piece of paper speech. They talk mm. to people. And there's a difference between giving a speech and just talking with people. And talking with people mm-hmm. is more effective every time. So it's I'm excited about the book. I, I think it's interesting. It, it's a little bit shorter than most of my books, which was on purpose. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to, to be an easy read. So yeah, be on the lookout for it. The leadership mindset. And is it aimed at any sort of industry in particular or just no, sort of generally? It's, it's, it's very general in terms of who the audience is. It's for anybody who is a leader, uh, who sees themselves the, uh, themselves as going th- on a kind of a leadership track in their company, or just anybody that, that um, wants to, to, to be a leader, aspires to be a leader. It's also a great book for entrepreneurs. Uh, even mm-hmm. if you just have a one-person business, it's a terrific book to get ideas for how you lead that business. Listen, I'm a one-person business, and uh, there mm. are tons of leadership principles that I try to put into play every day to make my business successful. Okay, well, that will be on my Christmas list. Oh, no, it's New Year's. So that will be on my New Year list. So are you working? Have you got ideas for your next book? No, I'm a total blank. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just finished up the very final parts of and uh, the the final editing of the leadership mindset, and uh, right. I, I can't think beyond that for a while. You'll have to you'll have to give me a little while for something to work its way into my brain. You need to rest for a while. <laughs> I think so. So, if people want to find out more about you, Joe, where where should they go? They can go to Joe at joecalloway.com and Callaway is spelled C-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y. Oh, hey, there's a kind of a cool thing that we, we love to give away on the website. Go to the videos page and scroll all the way down to the bottom. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you put your, your name and email in, and we hardly ever send out an email to, to people, but you would, you would, mm-hmm. if you got an email, it would just be me doing a newsletter or something. But you can have access to, I think it's 24 short videos that you can immediately mm-hmm. download and use for meetings in your business or just watch them yourself. The blog is also on there, which has got some cool ideas. So yeah, there's, there's some fun stuff on there. Joe, uh, 
Wait, I gave you my email address earlier. I said Joe you, Ad. You did. It's not Joe <laughs> Ad anything. It's just JoeCalloway.com. Sorry. That's okay. No problem, Joe. Well, I'm sure, yeah, and that's fantastic. So I'm sure the listeners will, will enjoy having a look at that, and I certainly will as well. So, Joe, I've, it's been a real, real honor to, to speak to you. I'm looking forward to finishing this book and reading your other books and I hope to speak with you sometime again in the future. I hope we do too. And it's been an honor for me too, Tony. And it's been fun. This is, I would love to do this again sometime. Fantastic. Thank you, Joe. Next week in episode 11, I speak with Jackie Handy. Jackie has supported hundreds of individuals in numerous organizations around the world in accelerating performance. She was formerly a top performing recruitment consultant and manager for a couple of decades. And, and through her corporate speaking, training and consultancy work, and she does a lot of personal development and she has quite a deep understanding of human behavior and why we do what we do and recently has done a very successful, uh, successful TED talk, which we'll be speaking about in next week's show. And one of the things I loved about Jackie is she says that laughter and fun are fundamental to the journey of fulfillment. So that's next, next week, episode 11 with Jackie Handy. So thank you for listening. It'd be great if you would subscribe and leave a review. And you might like to join the Facebook group. Just search on Facebook for Exceeding Expectations. Maybe start a conversation about some points you've heard about this episode or any of the other episodes. Maybe tell a story about a time when you received an amazing experience you didn't expect from someone. You could even nominate someone that you would like to hear interviewed on the show or write a book with you. If you've read a book on customer service or, or something that, that you know talks about over delivering it in some way then maybe do a book review and and suggest ways that um, people can over deliver to their customers so yeah it'd be great to hear from you in the facebook group and you know get some conversation started and in the meantime i look forward to speaking with you next week